Kelly for a simple rhinestone necklace to wear to a formal event. Now here it was. The exact one she'd had in mind. She recognized the style as the necklace version of the tennis bracelet, so dubbed after tennis champion Chris Everett lost her diamond bracelet during the 1987 U.S. Open and stopped the match to search for it. The diamonds were strung in a single strand all the way to the clasp, the center diamond the largest, the two closest to the clasp the smallest. The gradations were minuscule, the effect breathtaking. But this was Van Gundy's. There was no way this necklace was made of rhinestones. Jonelle rarely wore good jewelry, though she owned her share of it, diamond wedding rings from two husbands, Fourteen-carat gold earrings, pricey watches. Luxury jewelry was something else. Hmm, she thought. Wonder what a really expensive piece of jewelry looks like up close. What would it feel like to wear something so lovely and extravagant? On a whim, she entered the store. Could I see the necklace in the window? She asked nonchalantly, as if she did this every day. She reached up to touch the delicate gold chain she wore. Back in 1972, a boyfriend had given her this necklace with the peace symbol pendant, and in 2003, at the start of the war in Iraq, she'd put it on again. She placed the diamond stunner over her old gold charm. It was, she thought, simply exquisite, and exquisitely simple. She took a breath. And as she breathed out, she asked the price. $37,000. Jonelle couldn't stop the gasp. All she could think was, who buys a $37,000 necklace? She looked in the mirror again. She couldn't help but think about the choices she'd made in her life, the ones that guaranteed she could never afford a necklace like this. She thought about how different her life might have been if she'd married a wealthy man or invested herself more in a career. If she'd worked harder, maybe she could have generated the kind of money that would enable her to indulge in this kind of luxury. In the end, none of this mattered. Not really. In a world overflowing with need, the idea of owning a $37,000 necklace was morally indefensible to Jonelle, who'd mentored disadvantaged kids for six years Lost in these thoughts, she heard only snippets of the saleswoman's description. 118 diamonds, brilliant cut, mined from non-conflict areas, 15.24 carats. 15 carats sounded ostentatious, and Jonelle didn't like ostentation. She appraised it again. There was nothing ostentatious about this necklace. The diamonds were so small, just right for her five-foot-two-inch frame, yet circling clear around her neck, they felt substantial. What was magnetic was their radiance. She'd never seen diamonds shimmer like these. Jonelle hesitated to take off the necklace. After admiring it another minute, she laid it back on the counter and thanked the saleswoman for her time. Over the next three weeks, Jonelle was surprised how often she thought about the diamond necklace. When she was back at the mall with her 86-year-old mother, Jonelle noticed the necklace still in the window. Mom, I want to show you something, she said, 
excitedly leading her mother into the store as if she were seven and heading for her first Barbie. Mom, try it on. Her mother's eyes widened as she clicked the clasp. It's beautiful, she whispered. Jonelle's mother knew quality, so her admiration told Jonelle that the design was classic, timeless. When Jonelle peeled her eyes away from the diamonds brightening her mother's neck, she glanced at the tag, $22,000. On the counter, an ad announced a sale in which the store would take bids on any item of jewelry on display. Jonelle remembered being 30 and in need of a respite, burned out from her job as a speech therapist in Santa Cruz, and weary of her long-term boyfriend. She'd gone to New York City to live with her best friend from senior year at the University of Southern California. Jonelle witnessed her roommate washing her face with Perrier.